Hello, welcome to another um, episode of Behind the Scenes with Noshi podcast. Um, today, uh, my guest is Uzma Yakub, who appeared on BBC's The Apprentice and is also an entrepreneur and founder of the award-winning makeup range, Sculpt Beauty and London Makeup Institute. Thanks for joining me, Uzma, and it's great to welcome you as a guest on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Starting off with my first question, how did you get into the world of beauty? Um, did you always want to work as entrepreneur? as an entrepreneur and on your own brand or you know if you weren't in the beauty industry uh, which sector do you think that you'd be working in let me start from the top I got into makeup completely by accident it's not something that I wanted to pursue a career in I was always into fashion design and that is what I wanted to do because I was quite creative and quite artistic as well and I think the interest started there my sister when she was getting married and I was looking for a makeup artist. And back in those days, uh, makeup artists used to be quite traditional, you know, the red eyeshadow and or the gold. And, you know, it was just very old school. Uh, I want to say auntie-like. So I just thought, you know what, let me just do it myself. I did it, her makeup, she looked amazing. And I, from there, people started asking, oh, who did her makeup? Can you do ours? So that's how I fell into it. Now, I've always had a passion for business. I started Sculpt Beauty and um, I started doing makeup for people and put myself under this brand. And the whole reason behind that was I wanted to create a brand that I could grow. Now, my job was only 17. So I was forward thinking a lot. And um, I don't think I give myself enough credit for it, actually, because what I started back then, not a lot of people were doing. So as I started growing as a makeup artist, uh, so many, firstly, people didn't know what makeup artist was back then. They used to be like, yeah, you're a beautician. I remember I used to go to people's houses to get them ready for their wedding day. And they're like, yeah, the beauticians, yeah. And I used to get really offended because it's like, yeah, I'm not a beautician. You know, um, I started off as a self-taught makeup artist. I got to a point in my career where I thought, you know what, I think I might need to get some certification behind me because I might need it in the future. So I did eventually do like a beauty therapy um, qualification, but it was mainly for the certificate and for the licensing. I was able to work with a lot of big brands, a lot of celebrities at a very young age because I did a lot of work for free, which yeah. a lot of makeup artists don't really do now. So I've got a lot of experience under my belt, um, but I knew that one day, inshallah, I wanted to grow this into something. I was all about color and blending and because I was very artistic. I came from a very creative, arty background. I did art GCSEs and art A-levels and, and so on and so forth. So I wanted something which didn't stop me from going into any industry that I wanted, whether it be the mainstream, whether it be the Asian industry, you know, whatever I just chose to do with this brand, I wanted to be able to do it. So we came up with Sculpt and then just added beauty at the end of it. So that's how that started. That's how the brand name came about. Yeah. So then eventually Sculpt Beauty became Sculpt Beauty Academy, which eventually became London Makeup Institute because I noticed that people needed I was getting a lot of people who wanted to learn how to do makeup and how that started, I started a YouTube channel. Now I didn't want to because I liked working behind the scenes, but I had a business partner at the time who just joined Scott Beauty. And he was like, you know, YouTube is getting big and big and big and you need to put yourself out there. But anyway, I was able to teach people how to apply makeup on themselves. And for me, the goal for that was to really build confidence in people. I truly believe in looking good is feeling good. Yeah. 
So the business grew in that sense. And then I realized that a lot of people who were wanting to become makeup artists in a professional um, proximity, they didn't have the right qualification or the right accreditation. Now there's a lot of um, makeup artist academies which don't give you a proper certification, which is actually recognized. Now, I've even heard people say, oh, you don't need, you don't need a qualification. You just learn off YouTube or just learn off this and learn off that. Now there's problems with that. So I set up London Makeup, I rebranded Sculpt Beauty Academy to London Makeup Institute. No, actually we created Sculpt Beauty Academy and got it accredited by an actual governing body and started um, teaching people properly, the hygiene, the risks, the, the, um, the just the correct professional way on conducting yourself and a business. Um, then soon enough, we took that internationally and turned it into London Makeup Institute. So amazing. That's where we are. You know, such a good insight into your career and how you started that. And then also some tips for anyone who's <laughs> looking to go down the route of, yeah, uh, becoming a makeup artist or, you know, learning to, um, I guess, use all those techniques that you just explained and yeah. all the other things as well behind the scenes, like things like insurance and being accredited. Not a lot of people think about that. Like, where did you get your support from when you were starting all of this out? Like you mentioned friends and things, like, is there anyone that you admired or, you know, you thought, okay, they're a great role model. I want to be exactly like them. Or was there someone in your family or friends that really inspired you and just really gave you that support to keep continue going? Because you said you were quite young, right? Yeah, that I'm quite lucky. But however, saying that, my, my, I don't know if they ever took what I did seriously for my parents it was like right so he's studying that to my brother she's studying medicine at the time so that's fine but you know just can't even be dealing with her um you know like I think the way they supported me they were quite good however I don't know whether or not they actually believed in me until my YouTube channel years later became a massive hit and my cousins from India were talking about it and telling my dad or and then when I came on Apprentice, it was like, oh, okay. I remember I used to work from home sometimes. And my mum used to just come in the room and be like, can you go and get some, get the milk? And I'm like, well, I'm working. This is my working hours. This is my, my office you're in. My sister is like a pillar for me. I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have someone who is always rooting for me. And she is so good with advice in, in in not only my personal life and just work and everything because I mean there's great things about running a business and you know sometimes being on top of your game but there's some really really down points as well like so many times over the last 20 years I've been like you know what I think I've had enough you know I think you know you really beat yourself up a lot sometimes and you really have some down points and I'm really lucky that I have someone like my sister who's always like still rooting for me you know and I think it's really important that we all have someone like that in our life who will always try and push us or lift us up in our darkest moments oh that's lovely um yeah I completely get the whole when you're telling me about your family that you know they just kind of left you to it I still don't think my mum knows what I do for a day job <laughs> 
you know, she just hears me and she's like, oh yeah, you do old media. And I'm like, it's much more than that, but okay. <laughs> completely related to that. Unless um, it's not a doctor or, a, you know, like a solicitor. Or this is it. It's unconventional and they don't get it. And that's what this podcast is about. You know, anyone out there who's listening who wants to go down an unconventional route. I'm not saying that, you know, doctors and accountants and all of that is not great. It is, but it's not for everyone. And it certainly wasn't for me. Um, so, yeah, no, great answer. And I guess moving on, I'm really excited to hear about uh, your time on the uh, BBC show, The Apprentice. Um, so, yeah, take it away. Share some, I guess, insights in, about that with me. With Apprentice, I loved that show. Um, we I used to watch it every year without fail. And and. I'm sure like a lot of people, I used to be shouting on screen, oh, yes. do this, do this. A lot of people who I knew, again, my inner circle, used to say to me, you should go on this show. This yeah. show is just you. So one day on a whim, I applied for it. I got into the interview round and, and it, was a, it was a long process and it was a hard process and it was a grueling process. It's not like, a you know, you apply, you have an interview and there you go. It's like a preview of the show. <laughs> All those times that all the interviews and things that challenges that you had to do just to be in the shortlist it was it was tough so I mean I went for it I got it um and it is it's hard to explain without letting all the secrets out because you're not really allowed to talk about it in in, in that depth because um you're under a contract like this thick yeah but it's pretty much a reality tv show you know, the way I describe it to people is it's Big Brother, but with a business theme. Got and it. you're set with challenges, obviously, but there's certain things you don't have. Oh you God. get, you, you give your phone in once you go into this house and that's it. And then you get to speak to your family once a week. It's nothing like you imagine it to be and it's very very clever I've worked in production a lot and behind the scenes and I've done a lot of film sets and stuff and I have to say Apprentice the 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 team the team are amazing it's just such a clever concept I mean it was a great experience it was an absolutely amazing experience being on there it had its ups and downs obviously you're with people and you can't leave them ever you can't even walk out of the house and walk down to the corner shop by yourself. It, that's a planned outing. There's times when you film and there's times that you don't. And when you're not filming, you're not working. You know, so there's a lot of things that people don't see. Yeah. But it's the way that they put it all together is pretty much, it's a reality show. There's uh, directors and producers in every set. So there's usually like eight people in each team split into two. So there's like four directors just working with the candidates it's very I wouldn't say it's scripted because um what they say is if you're saying something that's not scripted that's that's up to you to say those things but it's the scenarios that you'll put in when I was on there there was people who were really diehard business really like done really well in their businesses or they have businesses and then there was people who had never had a business and have just come from either a professional background or a working background. Yeah, yeah. How can you make these people compete against each other? Yeah. Years of experience, no experience. So it's pretty much people are balanced out through entertainment and whatnot. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, they put us through our paces really and capture our, 
our best scenes. Wow. And do you think that um, you had a fair chance at winning, um, like during the time that you were there? I did. And then I went on the show and then I thought, oh, because the thing is, I had already been in business for quite a long time. My personalities, my personalities, there's certain things that I'm not going to change. I don't really care whether I'm on your values. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, for instance, I'm not going to lie for anyone. And I remember on the show, one of the directors said to me, Usma, everyone is talking about you. You know, you need to start talking about them. And at that point, people already knew me and I had a bit of a profile already and people liked me. And I was like, I'm not going to start slating people and talking negative about people just so I could get further on in this show. You know, I refused to do it, you know? And they were like, well, you know, you've been told. And I remember being on the last scene I was in, in the boardroom when I was fighting for my position. And I remember the guy next to me, I've forgotten his name, and he was saying, oh, Lord Sugar, um, I'm going to be a brilliant business partner to you. Don't fire me. And you're basically, you know, begging him not to fire him. And I was like, I remember looking at him thinking, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm going to use that. And the words just wouldn't come out of my mouth. They just wouldn't. I just couldn't start I don't know, begging for a position. I was just like, yeah. what am I doing? I remember sitting there thinking this in my head. Go on, say something. You're going to get fired. <laughs> and I just wasn't having it. The words just wouldn't come out. And I was like, it is what it is. And even like, even when when in certain scenarios in the boardroom, you're stitched up a little bit. And it is yeah. very much dog eat dog, you know? And it's, it, it's quite uncomfortable. And I remember I was in another scene with this other with one of the other candidates I'm not going to mention any names and she was a bit like Jekyll and Hyde because she was really normal and sweet and then as soon as we go into the boardroom and she just completely changes a person and I remember getting really taken aback and she was at it going at it and I remember as soon as the cameras was off she started giggling again and I was like what the hell she goes thank god we didn't get fired I think the other girl got fired and I was like yeah, but you lied throughout the whole thing, you know, just to save your save your butt. And I think that is, you have to go in a little bit ruthless. You've you got have to be to, that mentality, haven't you, to, like, to be able yes, to do that. You have, yeah, to. You have yeah. to have that mentality. And um, if, you, if you don't, you will sink. And I will challenge anyone on that who's been on the show who says otherwise. Because if you don't look out for yourself and you do a little bit of scheming or lying or, you know, or I don't know, embellish the truth, shall I say, lying is a bit harsh, then then you will sink and you will be fine because ultimately it is an entertainment show. It sounds really stressful. (laughs) Right. It was, I mean, it was great at times. Yeah. It was stressful. But then on the flip side, there are things that you could possibly not imagine to ever have done as well you know like certain meetings we were sitting in certain head offices we went to visit certain places you know like it was just amazing like I like I said I've worked in production for quite a while I've been on some amazing sets but being part of that is it, it was really amazing even though I've come out with these you know hope not negative but just a new insight yeah yeah but the whole thing and being just selected 
because I know what the grilling process it was it's it's nice to it's nice to have been recognized or picked out Uh, being a Muslim girl who I do practice my faith as well sometimes it's difficult in the scenarios that you're put in but I have to say the apprentice team were amazing you know and I was always given a space to pray uh, in the house uh, I had my own pots and pans and things when uh, when to cook food. You know, they provided everything halal that I wanted, you right. know, so they were really good like that. But still, in certain scenarios, it gets a bit difficult. Like I had to watch certain things. I had to not only watch what I was doing when the camera was on, but I had to also make sure I wore yeah. certain type of clothes as well, because at that time I was getting married. Right. Okay. Um, and I don't know whether or not my in-laws had met me at that point. But they Gonna be you on TV. Here you are. <laughs> I just thought in my head that I've got to make sure that I'm like covered or dressed appropriately. And then back then, apprentice, the the production team had a whole long list of things that you can wear and what you can't wear, and what? colors you can wear. Yes, like colors you can wear and colors you can't wear. And oh, um, what, sorry, just go, just rewind back to that. That is so bizarre. Why? What is the reason if you're able to share? It's it's about the way, um, like, for instance, uh, certain colours we weren't allowed to wear. We weren't allowed to wear white. I love white. I'm I my thing was white suits and I wasn't allowed to wear one. And now they are allowed in. I think in, I, saw, I think I saw yeah. one girl wearing it. But be- back then we weren't allowed. Anything what makes your eyes go funny in terms of pattern, we weren't allowed to wear. So what would anything provocative or certain things we weren't allowed to wear and they used to go through our wardrobe. And I remember when they went once, you packed your suitcase and you, you'd give it to them and someone would go through through everything in your suitcase oh that's like no sorry that I've I can't even get my head around that's someone else going through your stuff like yeah but it's it's wardrobe isn't it that's what it oh, comes down to it's wardrobe it feels so uncomfortable like I think it's bad enough when you go to Asda and someone's going through your shopping <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one example but Oh, wow. I didn't realise. But, but they do give you a whole list of things you can and you can't wear. So they give you the guidelines. So it's up to you to follow it or not. And I remember going in and one of the things they had said is no false eyelashes and things like that. And I'm like, OK. Um, and then when I went there, girls had false eyelashes and all of this. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why did I listen? I was probably the only person who listened to all the ru- rules. Um there's uh, other things as well, like uh, when we were, when we were, obviously we were out and we were watching what was going on, like when it was being aired and that whole period of time when it was being aired, we weren't allowed to go on social media. Wow. And it's changed now. And so you can't really root for yourself when you were on TV or reply to messages or build or build your network. And they really tried to keep on top of it. And some of the, the candidates were, they just, they were just like, ignored it completely and were, were quite active, especially when the show was going on. And I remember getting a couple of calls when I jumped on it and they're like, you're not allowed, you're under contract and blah, blah, blah. And it was a bit unfortunate because now they don't, they don't mind so much. And it was like, well, we could have really pushed ourselves a bit more out there 
should we have had access so we had all these rules and regulations that we had to follow it's not it's not as clear cut and I remember when I was getting a little bit of a uh, slack when I was on there and people were um you know making remarks and all the headlines back then and you know being taunted and um all the all the keyboard trolls and all of that and I couldn't stick up for myself mm-hmm. because I wasn't allowed I was under this contract which I wasn't allowed to go on social media which I don't think that was quite fair to be honest they shouldn't they shouldn't have done that back then that was one of the most watched series of Apprentice ever then actually the 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 series after us they started going more into entertainment and actually the whole the whole um theme of the show kind of changed a little bit you know and have you kept in touch with anyone from the show like any of the contestants or candidates i've randomly will drop a message here and there but I, i keep in touch where you know wherever i can i didn't build deep friendships i was quite close to um the winner actually leah i was quite close to her whilst i was in in the show and actually i said to her on the first episode when we came home after the the boardroom scene i said to her you're gonna win this and she goes uh am i and i was like yeah you are i got i can bet you anything on it i got lord sugar likes you i go you're going to win this and she went, she won. It's like, I, I, I kind of, I kind of knew it because when I, when you, when I went on there, the penny dropped for me. When I started seeing every, the way everything was working, it was like, you can see exactly, I, I could see exactly what the show was about, but she was, she, I think she was the right candidate to win as well, to be fair, in terms of what he was looking for and in terms of her business model yeah. and the type of person she is as well um I knew that that was that was that was the winner right there in terms of business well she didn't she didn't have a business she was a doctor then and a lot of people who go on these shows what I found is everyone bragged in there a lot oh we've got this and we've got this and then I realized later on that it was to to make themselves look better in front of everyone else because you don't know who you're competing with and actually when someone uh, when we all came out and everyone's googling everyone one um one of the girls said to me you know what you did not brag at all about what you do and what you what you did in there but actually you're one of the most successful people in there wow. and when she said that i was it was really flattering because you know it was like okay you know, it's, it's nice that someone saw that. And I'm sure, I'm sure they, I'm sure everyone was doing that anyway, when they came out, but I don't think sometimes I give myself enough credit to you be should. fair. Yeah. No, that's we've, been up, we've been brought up in a way where you don't, you don't show off or you don't, you know, talk about yourself or brag. Yeah. You're your own worst critic, but you don't exactly. take, you don't think about, you don't stop and think about what you've accomplished as a female, Absolutely. as a South Asian out there amongst all of these other yeah. people so yeah. yeah and 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 I think I think you do have to pat yourself yeah. on the back sometimes and to be honest I never did you know only in my probably in my later later life that I started actually recognizing my achievements I remember when I first moved into this 
really big studio unit and it was it was it was, it was quite big for what I um for at that time in my life and I remember standing back and after everything was set and we had this massive screen there and I had a showreel uh, of just things that I had accomplished on the back and I was standing at the back watching it and one of my really really good mates he came along because he was helping me and he goes Uz, look what you've achieved this is you've achieved so much and that was the first time maybe 10-15 years on in my life where I actually thought okay yeah and I remember watching this show really having tears in my eyes because there were some massive brands on there Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, I worked on uh, Fast and Furious 6 when they were filming in London. Wow, like, some really, yeah, some really big names, Universal. And I just thought, you know what, Alhamdulillah. Um, so inspirational, like this conversation is really inspirational. And I'm sure there's lots of people that are thinking, wow, such a big achievement that you've just like listed there. Like just, just touching back on the show a little, uh, a little bit. Like, did you ever, well, like, you did meet Alan Sugar, I guess, Alan Sugar in the boardroom meetings, but did you ever have the one-to-one -one experience with him or, you know, what can you share um, about, about him? Not during the show. Um, at the rap party, yeah. we did, everyone did, because obviously he attended. He wasn't there for long. I don't think he is uh, quite a social, social character. Really? You know? Yeah, I don't think he's sociable at all. Um, I... <laughs> I don't want to call him awkward, but you know, I, I he is very much about business and he's not as tough and harsh as he comes across, you know, on TV. He's actually quite soft, I think. You know, he's um he does put it on a little bit for 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 the show because he has to be direct and everything is scripted. Like the boardroom, for instance, is half an hour, and 15 minutes of that is the firing. Sometimes that whole session takes a whole day. From the point where the three people go back in that room, that's sometimes a few hours long. So it, you know, someone can't be like that that whole time, you know? So there were, it's very, it is very heavily edited. You know, they can, you know, script it the way they want, but he's not as, I don't think he's as harsh as he comes across on TV. Definitely not. And he wasn't at our, at our rap party for that long either. No, but good insight into anyone, obviously, who doesn't know much about him. My other half loves him. He loves his autobio, like he's always going on yeah. about it. Um, and yeah, you know, he's quite funny on, on camera as well, like when he's in the boardroom. So I find that quite yeah, funny. He's quite, he can be quite quirky. Yeah, so I do like that about him. Um, and you touched on this slightly as well, like being in the spotlight, um, I guess, during the show, well, not being aware of it, and then out after the after the show as well when it aired. And... But the media and stuff, did they contact your family and friends like while you were while yes. being aired or while you were in there? <clears throat> well, before you go on, you're vetted to, you know, some extreme level anyway. So I'm sure they've got a team that look into your past and, you know, you have moments where you can declare certain things and checks and all of that. But then when you're on, on um, you get media training as well. Uh, okay. I think, they, yeah, you, I think they legally have to give you media training. Um and you have a publicist as well, which they appoint. You get a point to shrink as well, because okay. that's needed. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't use that facility, but I wish I did now, to be honest, because it's hard when you're fired and you yeah. come out. Yeah. It's just it's just something that you... Especially when you're dealing with Jekyll and Hyde personalities. 
exactly and especially when you've come out and no one knows about the show no one knows you're going on the show um because it's being aired a year later or so on and you're not allowed to it's hard you're dealing with so many emotions and I remember I don't remember it so clearly now but some of my friends still say to me is when you went through a really really tough time when you came out psychologically you know it was really hard on you so um yeah the media when you come out they're always trying to look for stories I remember someone was trying to look through my financial past um yeah and certain things like when media find out they have to come and ask you as well to you know confirm certain stories and stuff um but luckily I, I never had anything negative come up about my past and I guess in terms of um beauty tips like what can you share because you're the master of this so what can you share with our listeners where do I start <laughs> you know, actually I have been meaning to jump back onto social media to to start sharing tips and things like that and and I've just not got around to it but um I am going to just a little plug I am going to start jumping on TikTok and stuff like that anyway um I think the biggest one especially at my age is makeup is never going to be perfect as your skin isn't no you know and people are starting to learn more about that now which is great it's you know makeup is all about trial and error yeah like skincare is and what suits you and what techniques suits you and this is a problem I find a lot of the stuff that I see on social media on TikTok videos and all these viral videos that I see going around the technique is not usually great for everyone when you're younger when you're in your 20s you could do anything on your face and it look all right But if you're going to do that on a 30, 40, 50 plus skin, it's going to look completely different. That's when your skills and your technique come to light. You know, I I, I see people say, oh, if you want to get rid of dark circles, do this and do this. Firstly, they've had the they've had their tear troughs done. So they their under eyes are perfect anyway. (laughs) You're not going to see any creasing. And then. On top of that, they've got young skin where they don't really need to correct that much. The recent, like, yeah, MUA scandal that everyone's talking about and the charges that, you know, a lot of, I guess, makeup artists uh, are charging their customers. Like, what, what is your take on that? And what are your thoughts on that? Oh, my God, I could talk about this forever. I think, I think there is some truth to this MUA scam. If I'm going to be fair, right? But you can't, the problem with this is you can't judge all South Asian makeup artists, and this is about South Asian makeup artists, the same. You can't, because just like whether or not, I know any type of job that you have where you have to work your way up, makeup artists are the same. To give you an example, my first bride was free. Yeah, my sister. My first paid bride, I charged 40 pounds. And I spent probably the whole day with that person, you know, but I priced to the level of skill that I had and I priced honestly. So for me, my time was valued at that and my skills, my time and skills, not my kit and all of that, because that's just ridiculous. And that's how much I charge for it. Then obviously, as I started building my experience, building my clientele list, building my, uh, the brands that I worked with, um, my competence, my pricing changed because obviously I, I, my, my time was worth a lot more to me then. And so were my skills. So you get some, I've, I've seen 
a few people comment on this makeup artist scam. And I think it's really unfair where some makeup artists have jumped on the bandwagon and said, oh, I only charge £150 for a full bridal. Well, if someone charged me £150 for a bridal, I'd be wondering what they're giving me. So, I mean, I could only just use myself as an example because I think that's the fairest way. When I do a bride, I spend at least minimum four hours with them. And that's out of choice. You know, I could I could get bride ready in an hour if I had to. However, they've paid for my, my service. I'm going to give them that many hours to apply their makeup. And it's not just about makeup. Their makeup, their hair, their dressing, their styling, everything. Now, if you break all that down, it's quite a lot of work working under pressure. I think you need to respect what people charge, you know, and um, there's certain amounts of a certain certain makeup artists who have worked their way up that ladder and perfected their skill and truthfully value themselves at a certain price and you could respect that if you wanted to and if you don't like what they charge you don't book them and it's as simple as that yeah but you have this this group of makeup artists who do fall under the MUA scam where they have and and I know this because I teach people and it's it's a it's a question that students ask what where is our pricing point they don't work hard for their title or how much they charge they and what I mean by that is they will come into the business and they'll be like right these are the people makeup artists that I want to be like these are my competitors they charge x y and z I'm going to charge x y and z they might have been a makeup artist for a year or, you know, they might have not worked as hard or have gained as much experience. So they're not being very honest. Yeah. So I do think certain people fall under that category. Then you've got the influencers, you know, then you've got people who apply makeup on themselves and are amazing influencers, really good influencers. However, influencer doesn't mean that you have experience. You know, someone will shoot a makeup question at me. How do I create an eyeliner like this? And, you know, all of these questions. And I'll be able to answer them and give them a solution. And it's not because someone trained me. It's because I've learned through experience. And that, that experience is priceless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow my own trumpet. But I was the first South Asian makeup artist to have ever won an award, you know, uh, as best makeup artist in the UK. You know, and touch wood, I've got a couple of those under my belt. And I've worked my butt off for that title, not for that title, but my passion was in my work when I got nominated and I was, I was working full-time for someone else then and part-time for myself. And I remember I got the phone call and it was Asian style awards and they're like, right, we're, we're doing this and you've been nominated. And I thought it was a joke. And I thought, really? And it's because my work stood out a lot back then. And I did it for the passion. I did it because I was passionate about business. I was passionate about makeup and colors and all of this. I, it wasn't really about- A popularity you know, contest, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I remember some of the biggest South Asian makeup artists back then were all older than me and I was up against them. I didn't think, and we had mutual friends as well. I ended up winning. It was amazing. I didn't expect it. But I mean, the, the reason I, I said that story is because 
I did work that wasn't the beginning of my career that was like in the middle of my career and I had done a lot of free work I had worked with a lot of different brands I I my concepts are always out of the box and a bit different and um girls now they just put award-winning makeup artist in their top title or they'll just put celebrity makeup artist in their title and it's not something that was happening it's just happened now people started doing it before I remember I get a lot of students and I saw one of my students who 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 did it and I and I remember speaking to them and saying well you know what it's you're selling you're selling yourself in a false light because it's what you're selling is a lie really and I find that with a lot of people now they think that they've come into this industry we need to put ourselves on the map and the way we do that is charge more or you know pretend that we are x y and z i'm just gonna ask you um a few fire round questions from a list better first of all um which i have to ask you what is your uh what's the makeup product that you cannot live without mascara mascara okay yeah and um is that like with lashes or without lashes without lashes you know i don't actually like wearing makeup that much to be honest i like applying it Okay. And I realized this at a wedding I went to recently and I loved applying, applying the makeup and I, and I took video footage of it and all of that, but then I hated wearing it. Um, so what movie or song sums up your life? Um, David Guetta's Titanium featuring Sia. Like, um, I don't know, I really relate. I could really, I really relate to that song. And last question, um, I guess, what wouldn't people know by just looking at you? Hopefully my age. <laughs> Well, I've already said you do not look your age, so um, you yeah, much. you're definitely doing something um, great. I don't know. There's, I don't. I think people when they when they when they meet me, they, you know, if they know if they know about my background, my business, and all of that, they they look at you as as a successful person. But there's so many layers. Yeah. There's so many layers of life that you've gone through. People wouldn't know that I've been married before you know there's I mean there's so much um how tough life has been tough it's been great I'm very blessed but it's been tough you know um and I think a lot of my wisdom comes from what I was what cards I was laid I'd like to call it wisdom but who knows it's just life experiences you know no thank you that really does come across as well so no thanks for sharing that well, look, it's been fantastic speaking with you. Um, and, you know, thank you. Thank you for giving me such a great interview. I'm sure behind the scene, um, the Noshi listeners are really going to enjoy this. How can people connect with you and learn more about yourself? Um, I'm quite easy to connect with. You can connect me through all my social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, um, Twitter. It's all at Uzma Yacoub. Anything business related, um, you could um, contact us at info at sculptbeauty.com or london makeup institute even and and yeah there's there's plenty of ways of reaching out now yeah no there definitely are that's how how i stalked to you and uh, yeah i got you to agree to this i I, I do try i do try and reply back to everyone who messages me as well you you know not that i'm inundated but like you know sometimes messages get mixed and stuff i i do try and you know i try and reply and help where i can and if i can 
Yeah, no, definitely. Well, thank you for that. Um, and also for our listeners, you'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, YouTube, and lots of other channels. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at BTS Nosheen. Um, please do leave a rating and review. Well, thank you, Usma. Really enjoyed speaking with you today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been very enjoyable, actually. <laughs> I'm glad.